Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> The intro was a little shorter and a little bit... Welcome to the podcast. Let's get going. <laughs> I think there was a slight delay as well, so I think you froze a second there. Um, yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> We're having some weird winter time. There's weird storms over here. So like the... Mag- the I don't know. The yeah. geomagnetic fields are not in our favor, but yet still we we record and we move on. Jordy Lass and Doc Sass are indeed. unstoppable. We are there. Wind, rain, hail, you Absolutely. name it. Like any good postal service, <laughs> delivering the truth, delivering the hard, the hard knocks. <laughs> Although uh, my post is still delivering in his, um, in his shorts and then complaining about the rain. <laughs> he dropped off some parcels the other day and he was having a good old whinge about the weather. I'm like, you have got shorts on. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> and we are in November. Put some pants anyway. on there, love. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's awesome. reveling in the fact that it's still if you if you get a good day the weather is actually still pretty good mm-hmm. and does not quite feel like winter yet but then you get these kind of big swings of um torrential rain and um horribleness but oh, yeah gosh okay. the moments of brightness are beautiful and you know the sun is out it's cold as shit and it's snowy over here mm-hmm. in toronto but it is um the sun is out and that's all that we need yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we're fast descending into yield holidays. Um, what's going on at the relationship desk of love? Oh, thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Today, um, I read this great article about sleep scores. Sleep scores. Yeah. Okay. So I'm used to that? assessing people for like obstructive sleep apnea. So snoring, gasping in the night and neck circumference. I'm gathering you're not talking about that. Is that right? <laughs> So not quite, but some of those things may influence this, uh, what's going on in this article. Oh, okay. So the, I love the title. The title is, Hey Parents, Sleep Scoring is Probably Eroding Your Marriage. Oh, geez. Okay, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes on really to just talk about how, um, you know, parents resort to... So, so when you first bring your lovely bundle of joy home from the hospital, you are um, connected in this beautiful you know, just happiness, euphoric um, elation that you've managed to produce a child and this Mm -hmm. child is now here nine months later. Mm -hmm. And you've got this real kind of sense of shared connection, you're in it together, the sleepless nights don't feel so bad. And then obviously as time goes on and that routine continues and we become more and more fatigued as parents. Mm -hmm. The shit hits the fan basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we start to go into this kind of, um, this sleep score and this kind of fatigue just becomes normal. Um, so we'll wake up in the in the morning and it'll be kind of, you know, I've had a terrible sleep. I was up at this time. Da, da, da. And then the other one will go, well, I was up at this time. Um, yes. Or, you know, three times this week I've been on duty. So we, we kind it's of descend quickly. For this, like, who's the yeah, biggest yeah. martyr? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me my trophy of lack of sleep. Mm. Um, so this is clearly eroding relationships. And um, as parents, we need to stop doing that. Oh, my God. Tell me more. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) 
so yeah, so it talks about how obviously this kind of you see this in in a lot of instances, so not just in lack of sleep, but you can understand why it happens in in lack of sleep because when we're fatigued and we're not kind of we're not fully rested, we're not ourselves, we're very snappish overly sensitive about things you know mm-hmm. we're on kind of that hyper alert we're just exhausted as as new parents very regularly so you can understand why it happens but we do see it in other um parts of relationships mm-hmm. as well when we get these kind of recurring arguments you get this kind of point score and that that comes off and we know that it never ends well mm-hmm. because we stop being on the same team we stop being on the same side and it's like you know me versus him mm-hmm. him versus me there's a winner there's a loser you know, there's yeah we're, we're in competition instead of being in in partnership with each other mm-hmm. so d- the article goes on to kind of then describe okay you know things that you need to do obviously and, and things to consider or you know going back to some of those weekly check-ins that we've talked about before but specifically focusing on a, on this kind of sleep issue and rather than coming at it from a place of you know this is this is my position I've had you know three early mornings I've had five late nights I've had you know seven nights where I've been disrupted you've slept through the baby alarm mm. so instead of coming mm-hmm. from that position it's coming from that place of kind of you know this is what I would really need like mm. and looking for a solution together see same same mm-hmm. we've talked about this before mm-hmm. in lots of topics it is always about how can we get some common ground how can we work together to to get a solution that we are both as happy as possible with mm-hmm. knowing that this baby ain't going to sleep <laughs> for yeah. at least kind of 12 weeks and sometimes more and than that often so more, yeah. you know we're not going to be in that routine so how do we get through it together mm. and come up with a strategy a solution a team effort oh yeah I mean and the sleep score also like translates into like the nappies changing score the laundry who did the laundry oh, score yeah. like it's Feeding. always like Who's sterilizing, yeah. bottle washing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an endless pursuit. And I, yeah. I, I, and when two people take to opposite sides, it's just, mm. it's just nails in the coffin there. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and so if you're, so your perspective is like, you feel cheated, you feel less than you've got a smaller piece of the pie. You felt hard, hard done by. So how do you start to like, if you walk into a relationship, that that hard done by thought came from somewhere, right? Mm. Did it cultivate in the earlier part of your relationship, but the shit hadn't hit the fan, the stakes weren't as high, so you just kind of glossed over it. Maybe it reflects needs that you haven't clearly communicated before baby came. Mm. And then all of a sudden you're into like, and then all of the niceties and the filters are off because you're sleep deprived. And then it just starts coming out unfiltered. Is that often you want you want to be like a certain person you want to be a certain way and you kind of you portray that and you show up as that in your relationship but mm-hmm. we know that sometimes those levels that we start off with aren't sustainable so we start off saying no no I'll make dinner I'll do the mm. I'll do the dishes I'll make the bed I'll you know you you go off to work you um even though you might be working yourself you know we we want to provide you know we're naturally provide us as human beings who want to kind of care for others and show care for others and we can do that at a time where we haven't got kind of so many other things going on but then we get a bit older we maybe take on more responsibility at work so suddenly we've got to work longer hours mm-hmm. we then you know 
children come along, like one, two, three, however many, and suddenly that capacity to be able to do all of that just isn't possible. Mm -hmm. So some of it can be patterns from the past, you, you know, that people please inside, like I don't want to kind of, or, or also control comes into it, right? So I want to be in control of mm. absolutely everything yeah. to show that I'm capable, that I'm a oh. good person, that oh. I've got all my shit together. So there's there's all kinds of reasons why this shows up. Oh. Okay. It's never that straightforward. I agree. Cool. Okay. So even just recognizing that that exists. And if you say sleep score and you're like, if anybody listening is like, yep, I do that. So number yeah. one is being aware. Yeah. Yeah. If you find the first thing and that awareness is, you know, you wake up in the morning and it starts with the niggling mm -hmm. straight away yeah. and you're kind of exchanging those, um, passive -aggressive. you know, kind of almost, yeah, mm -hmm. like those daggers that come along, mm -hmm. um, so when you, you know, when you're trying to take lumps out of each other and you've literally just woke up, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> things are not good. Yeah. And the great thing is like you actually are in choice. It doesn't have to be like that. You can show yeah. up. You, although oh, you have oh, very limited bandwidth, but you can show up in a different way. Yeah. And invite your partner to show up in a different way too. Just perhaps yeah. just by sharing this. Hey, did you, do you recognize that we're doing the sleep score thing? Like here's an article. Yeah. Apparently yeah. this isn't all that great and fun and could be a little toxic for our relationship yeah do you want to try venturing to try something different yeah uh-huh okay all right <laughs> thank you all right shall we um hot topic yes let's do it okay. today's hot topic the reality of divorce Yes. Mm -hmm. We're heading into the like holidays period, aren't we? And there's probably a lot of people out there who are thinking, I'm not sure I can do this again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's probably a lot of people that are maybe thinking, I'll just get this year out of the way. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, next year, maybe then I'll find some courage and I'll, mm -hmm. I'll, um, I'll venture onto this kind of, yeah. uh, I'll move things forward on the divorce front. Yeah. We're, we're coming into the season. Yeah. And on that note, so Sarah and I talked about this and I wanted to share with our listeners that I have just gotten divorced, which feels like a total failure because we're relationship coaches. So isn't the whole point that we have a 50 year marriage and then gloat to everybody on Instagram how successful <laughs> we are and how amazing. So I'm just sharing out to the world now that I am feeling the failure of just having gotten divorced after a very long battle to try to make my marriage work. And mm. I lost the battle. Or so that well, feels. Yeah. That's where my feelings are. Yeah. I, and I completely understand that. And thank you for sharing and being honest and open. Mm -hmm. I know that these um, affairs of the heart are never easy to share with others. So um, it takes great courage to share that with all of the listeners yeah. that are out there. But I'm pretty sure that some people will take some solace mm -hmm. um, from you, from where you're at, your journey and, and your kind of honesty about that. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that you say that you've kind of failed at your marriage and your relationship coach and there's like a lot of judgment loaded into that mm, yeah. and some of that judgment will come from you <laughs> some of that judgment will come from um society yes because they're the messages that we've been told um yeah. 
you know, but, you know, if we're going to reframe it the other way is to say, well, actually, you know, you were married for 16 years, was it? The actual marriage was five. And then we've been on and off oh, for okay, 18 years. Okay, but you've been years. together, though. Yeah, yeah. Across yeah. So I knew the, the, the length of the relationship yeah. was long, yeah. yeah. So you've had like a really long relationship. Yes, the marriage might not have been as long, but, you know, that the marriage just signals the time that you actually kind of made an official commitment yeah. to each other. That relationship was still there for a very long time. And we, we know not all relationships are meant to last forever. And there will be a lot of successes in your relationship that right now aren't the forefront of your mind because that's not where your head's at. Um, but over time, you will be able to speak fondly about your relationship and celebrate those successes and you will no longer see it in the same view that you're seeing it now. Oh. speaks the uh, <laughs> long divorced relationship coach. <laughs> right right <laughs> and that feels like I tell you I don't know if anybody else is listening and feeling this it feels like Vicks Vaporub on my soul it mm. feels like you just gave me <laughs> like because there's so much like you know the reality of divorce like I can tell you like I'm at the start of it and it feels like shitty and failure and you feel grief mm. and you feel lost and you feel like a loser sometimes or I do anyways yeah and when I hear your words, I'm like, oh, that's exactly what I needed. So yeah. every, every listener out there, please just put those same words on your chest, like Vic, Vic's Rake Vapor of Sarah's words, because mm. like, you deserve those too. Yeah. I think, you know, we've got to remember when we, when a relationship ends, whether you're married, not married, um, you know, and, and the longer that you've been together, I think the harder that kind of ending can be. Mm-hmm. Even if you were the instigator and the person that chose that, it can still make it hard because we've spent such a long time being in a relationship and often it's not the person as such that we kind of grieve. We grieve that companionship, that connection, the fact that we that I had somebody there, I had a person. The identity, Um, the shared friends, the mother-in-law, everything. You can often feel like, actually, I've no, I've got no... I haven't got a person, I haven't got a person to call my own. And that generally isn't often true. You know, the majority of us have have still got people. It's whether we choose to reach out to those people or not. So we can choose to, um, and again, you know, I'm speaking from experience here, like I was absolutely shocking at um, withdrawal of, um, you know, at just going kind of missing an action. Like I just wouldn't communicate with people. I would shut down. I would follow kind of basic functions in life but and this wasn't all the time these were kind of moments of trying to cope or deal with with what was going on but so the temptation is there to cut yourself off and this is the same for any you know traumatic experience transformation change anything that we go through where it feels like a bit of a bumpy ride then instantly we'll look for a way to cope to self-soothe but often the thing that we do to, um, it's like anxiety as well. You see it with yeah. people who've got real high levels of anxiety, yeah. withdraw from society. But that's the thing that then makes it worse because then the anxiety increases. Um, and the same thing happens when we withdraw in this situation as well. So it is a grieving process of such yeah. and you will go through a range of emotions. Um, sometimes all in the same day. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> It feels okay. like hail, snow, sun, and rain yeah. all in the same day. And and the yeah. withdrawal is real. Like, it's funny that you say that because I'm like, oh, my God. I've Like, from my best friend. Like, I, I hadn't been in touch with her in weeks because yeah. there was the shame of having whinged about the relationship for years. There's yeah. the shame of not being successful in keeping the relationship together. And then there's this whole thing of 
like 40 to 50% of people divorce, but yet it is like this hidden secret and it, everybody wishes that it, they're like, oh, but that happens to other people, not to me. So you kind of yeah, get this course, sense yeah. that like, I'm kind of, the, it's like I'm bringing the plague into a household. Like other mm. people will be like, don't come near me with your divorce energy. Cause I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want you to like ruin my, perfectly. I don't want to catch it. I don't want to like catch smallpox. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So you kind of become this pariah, like, or at least I feel it. And to be honest, there is a little bit of truth because people don't know how to support you in divorce. And it can sometimes bring up some ugly things that you yourself, if you're still married or in a relationship that you may not want to face, having a divorced person around you, that shit is real. It can (laughs) do. And I get, I get that, but I wouldn't major like so much on it because you've got to think about what does that story um do for you does it serve you well does it mm-hmm. um have more of a destructive um position in your you know in your life you've got a lot of the stuff that we tell ourselves it's it's just not true like it's, it <laughs> i'm is, really sorry but right. a lot of it is just pure nonsense and yeah. um and we're really good at it we're very very good narrators of, of a life that just isn't happening mm-hmm. So we do have to be careful, I think, about some of the stories that we share yeah. with ourselves internally, 24-7. <laughs> 24-7. And it's true, because I actually reached out to my best friend over the weekend, and she was so gracious and awesome and met me exactly mm. where I was at. It was so yeah. wonderful. All of my yeah. silly stories. So yeah, yeah, I mean, honestly, just reach out to people. Don't hermit away. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe having now stepping through this in person. So, you know, um, hopefully I, I believe this will make me a better and stronger and more useful and helpful relationship coach. I know this to be true, um, mm. this divorce process. But I think that this question, like, what are the realities of divorce? Like, we could unpack this yeah. for years. But yes, yeah, yeah. Imagine that you're sort of giving me a like shining the light on the on the next few steps that I'm going to be taking and a lot of people will be taking in January right mm. we know that divorce yeah. is this that is divorce month um yeah. because people exit the holidays they come they 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 kept the lid on things over the holidays to keep the peace yeah. and then Get all of a sudden go. they're like get the fuck out call the divorce yeah. lawyer so what how would you illuminate my steps and the people in my position I I may not be ready to hear what like the whole divorce process is like, but like, what are the next few steps looking like? Shine that flashlight on there for me. <laughs> so I think one of the challenges is in any transformation that we go through, um, it's a bit like buying a house, right? So on on the flip side, you you know, you're going through your transformation. I've just moved in with my man, like, uh-huh. which is totally different for us. Yeah. So it's a bit like buying a house, you know, you've got this kind of, this view, this, um, this fantasy, you can almost play out this movie in your mind about how it's going to be, about, you know, what the house is going to be like, how you're going to feel when you're in it. The same thing goes for divorce, right? Mm-hmm. So we think about that sense of freedom is probably one of the strongest um kind of thoughts that we have when we think about um getting divorced you know I'm no longer going to feel trapped by the confines of this Mm -hmm. marriage because that's often how we feel which is why we're you know choosing a a divorce route I'm going to be able to do whatever I want to do whenever (laughs) I want to do it totally totally. does this all sound familiar oh my god ridiculous so that all sounds absolutely amazing I'm in charge of my own destiny cocktail dresses tequila shots yes slipping on dicks all over the place yeah I can do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. Some of the challenges with that. So there's two things. One is the the reality then is, is always going to be different because none of us are great really at predicting the future. So there'll be 
all the things that we didn't really think about that we've glossed over and didn't think would be reality that then kind of come to fruition and we're surprised by that because we go okay (laughs) the the reality is different to the movie that I played out inside of my head and I've got all these other things to contend with that I hadn't really thought about and whether that's emotions or you know suddenly the time by yourself maybe doesn't seem as attractive all the time once that kind of elation wears off and the um, newness of it all (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So that there is kind of, you know, there's those sides of it. But then I think we also then will kind of then slip backwards a little bit and, and start to miss some of those fonder moments of the yes. relationship. And then, you know, we're, we're almost using the rose tinted glasses to look backwards and we forget then about some of the pain and the suffering that's yeah. happened. Um, and all of this is normal. And there's feelings of regret. Like regret, like, and it's not a permanent feeling, but you start, regret will be one of the feelings you feel and it's terrifying. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, there'll be some big moments that maybe come up that you've not faced on your own before. And it's then kind of like, how do I deal with these things? Um, I remember when I got divorced and having to go and buy a house by myself. Um, And I was like, I've never bought a house by myself before. I've always been in a relationship. Like me and my ex-husband had bought, you know, moved a couple of times. So we'd bought and sold houses, no problem. Um, But suddenly I was making that decision on my own and it felt quite weighty kind of making those decisions, whether it's buying a house, whether it's changing career, whether it's, um, you know, picking schools for kids, although that's kind of generally you'll be doing that in a co-parent, so less of an issue, but you know, you'll have these things that are just kind of the bigger and they can feel bigger when you're on your own. So I, I realize that like a lot of what I'm sharing is emphasizing some of those more kind of, they could be viewed as negative points that they're not meant as negative points, but they are kind of the reality that I think we don't think about when we um, are approaching divorce or separation of a long-term relationship. So it is important to have a bit of balance I think at times and also kind of think well how can I get myself prepared for that so how do I um, build my network around me how do I um, stop myself from maybe falling into some negative patterns of withdrawal if I know that that's one of my things or how do I identify what my other patterns are and how do I avoid those so doing some prep doing some work in advance I think is quite key thinking about kind of how do you want your life to be and how can I start to kind of shape some of that? How can I, you know, maybe in advance you start to build some of your relationships a bit more than you would have done mm-hmm. had you have been in a, you know, in a couple. Because that often happens, you know, we step back from relationships because we're in a couple and we do kind of lots of things together and mm-hmm. haven't got as much time or um, or as much need maybe for some of that outside contact. So how do you build some of that how do you get how do you understand your finances like Mm. because that's another thing often we're financially connected together and it can be very difficult then to put pick some of that apart so how can you get some of that in order so it's kind of like prepping yourself for success but also acknowledge that there are going to be some times that feel really shit Mm. but they won't last Mm. I need this so bad because there's always the rah rah you go girl and that doesn't serve me at three in the morning when I'm up scrolling like what happens when you regret your divorce because what then happens is you're sending you up messages to your ex and then you guys are like having ex sex and then you're like going back together again because it just feels 
like the same mediocre comfort and so forth. Yeah, it, yeah. These feelings will make you feel so terrified that you're like, this must be wrong. I must have made the wrong decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you can feel shitty, shitty ass feelings and it still be right. And that's yes. what your advice is getting to is like, there will yeah. be shitty hard times ahead. Yeah. And don't doubt the GPS coordinates of your journey just yeah. because it's feeling shitty. Your Your ship is on the right path. I think we often as human beings, we want to shy away from stuff that's tough and hard because um, we do it in work all the time. We're like, I'll take the easy path. We do it um, exercise, like, yeah, won't bother because that's much easier not to. It's much easier to grab a McDonald's rather than a healthy meal. Like, we're just, we're prone to it. And so because of that, it can be, you know, we can get into a situation where we kind of think, oh, well, is it easier just to stay put and stay quiet? But if you genuinely, genuinely know that you've made the right decision, it's about embracing those moments that do feel difficult, knowing that they're going to pass and doing whatever you need to do in that moment to um, to help heal and soothe yourself. Mm. Oh, Sarah, this is like truth and facts. I will be reaching out plenty along the way for more illuminating facts but I feel like that is very apropos for where I'm at it shines the flashlight on the next few steps Mm. down the road like just in the next few months that is exactly what I needed to hear but I think do know that you'll be okay like because all of us are we we are hugely adaptable as human beings and even when this shit things happen that we haven't wished for and we haven't chosen we're still very very capable and resourceful at dealing with them over time Oh, I totally agree. And I, I think the other thing too is, you know, I got to trust that I tried my best with this relationship. My ex tried Absolutely. his best. And there's more than just one person on the planet for you. He was Absolutely. one of those people, but we weren't yeah. at the right train station at the right time in life. We weren't yeah. ready. We didn't have the set of skills that both of us needed to make it work. But there's probably some hundred thousand people on the planet for me. And so there's probably a good chance that I will run. Like, it's like, it's not the, like, if I choose to, I won't be single forever. I, I have more options. There's more folks. It's just a matter of working on myself and being open and receptive. Yeah. Keep working on my skill set and yeah. being open and receptive to finding somebody else who is a right person at the right yeah. time. And yeah, and also don't be too keen to rush into something else. I mean, that is very true. That is so true because <laughs> I've done that before and then I bypass the step. It's so easy, right? Yeah. What's the best way to get over somebody, get under somebody else? That exactly. feels great in the moment, but you just basically put your healing on cryotherapy, like on ice. Yeah. It's yeah. going to come back and it's going to k- kick you in the ass. So it's kicking yeah. me in the ass because I'm not rebounding. I'm alone. I'm solo. Long nights with my cat. Mm. So the shit is real right now, but at least I'm more, it's better to go through it now and not, you know, delay it until later. Yeah. But it's a good time just to reflect on who you are and what you want. And that's you know, that's the best kind of benefit and the best gift that you can give yourself right now is to use that time to reflect on what's going to make Anna happy. That's true. It's my Christmas gift. It is. And also going to Cancun. Just got it, girls. Just got it. I've just just got to like drink a bunch of tequila. But you do that sometimes. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to reflect on myself (laughs) and I'm going to spend the holidays um, tequila shots. So yeah, Anna has just booked herself a lovely little trip in Cancun over Christmas. Yeah. Hostel, tequila shots, yeah. clubs, good times. <laughs> You'll have a great time. If I survive January, I think we'll both have to do try January. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of the process. Like if you have to do Join your tequila week, do it. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. So I think the message is if it's if it's the right path for you, don't let any of the other stuff put you off and just acknowledge that it's going to come your way. And time, as with everything, is a great healer. Oh, love it. Thank you, Sarah. You are welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So are we ready for a question? Yes, we are. Let's go. Today's question. My boyfriend broke up with me. A week later, I find out I'm pregnant. Now I've told him he's spiraling and hasn't spoken to me in weeks. What should I do? Oh, geez, this is heartbreaking and devastating and confusing. And and maybe even, oh my gosh, all the emotions, right? Talk about yeah. all the emotions at once. <gasps> yeah. Ooh. Well, it's big stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Big stuff. Wow. So with this person who's writing in, mm. where do we start with them? Because it's a lot of stuff that they're trying to manage somebody else's emotions right now. But let's yeah. start with their emotions. What's going on for them? Well, I, I imagine that it's not, you know, they must be in turmoil as well. However, what I get from this question is this person is actually taking some sense of responsibility. They are kind of, they want to, you know, choose the right next path. And they're trying to be quite adult about this by having a conversation with a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the boyfriend is being far from adult and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of out of control, burying the head, does not want to entertain a conversation. And you know if you if you're there at the conception you need to take some responsibility when you find out that um the sperm really did reach the egg (laughs) (laughs) which nature everyone nature yeah yeah do you know what's what's so sad though you know i heard a story today of a couple who've been trying for a baby for 13 years and they have gone through the Mm. mill in terms Mm. of uh in their pursuit for a baby and they're still trying and then, you know, there are situations like this where people do accidentally fall pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that's when Mother Nature kind of doesn't really feel that fair. Yeah. It, it, and it you is. You can have this mm-hmm. tale of two sides, right? Certainly. And what might be really hard for this person writing in is that they may have actually been prepared and wanting to get pregnant. And perhaps they were hoping to have a family with this very partner. But how yeah, possibly. twisted the you know the the luck as luck would have it is that they've just broken up so just so much heartbreak in this yeah I mean there's a lot here there are some big decisions I think they clearly broke up for a reason so I'd be interested in what that is what led to those events you know was it a was it a breakup because it was the right thing to do was it a breakup because um somebody was terrified um because we often get that as well where it's easier to walk away than it is to face some of the issues so I'd be interested to know if there's any kind of salvaging of the relationship is there is there anything to work with or was it actually really a natural end to the relationship so that's kind of the first thing to just explore and clearly the you know the boyfriend needs to get on the same page and um needs to realize that he has got some responsibility Mm -hmm. um so I think that's the first area then it's about understanding kind of what choices do you have now I don't know where this person is in the world and clearly in parts of the world you have greater choices than others um but what really are the options um we don't know how old this person is I don't know I get the feeling that they're quite young Mm -hmm. um what impact then is that going to have on their lives um were they did they really want to have a baby like Mm. um you know if that's the case then you know what would 
exploring a future of bringing up a baby by yourself what would that look like and is that something that you're prepared to do similarly you know when we're talking about kind of divorce and we can think about rose tinted glasses about kids as well but they come with some hard stuff too um to deal with you know we just oh, talked about yeah. sleep deprivation there if you're doing that on your own it can be quite tough right so it's trying not to romanticize the the kind of future when we're looking at some of this which is so difficult to do because as humans we inherently want to see the good in in everything in people and in situations in the future so we will romanticize and, and kind of paint this perfect picture of how it's going to be different for us um mm-hmm. so there there are you know some just some big big sets of challenges here and i think the first one though is um you know getting the boyfriend to um to step up and have a conversation Mm. Mm, I disagree. Okay, oh, come on, yeah. bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. All right, I love it when we get into love conflict. a bit of this. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think I actually stand firmly about what you first said. Is I think it's really important to look at the relationship itself. Yeah. Well, the first of actually, first and foremost, get a sense of your options. This is this is your choice, so you get to decide how this pregnancy goes. But it's really important to look at the relationship and the reasons why it ended. Yeah. separately from your aspirations to parent and possibly co-parent with this person, because a lot of folks can't help but, and the, sn- the smell of your own bullshit here is, are you hoping to salvage the relationship by having a kid? You have to remember, kids don't make relationships that were meant to end better. They only yeah, no, make I, them worse. I, I do totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. But you do have to have a conversation to be able to work out any of that. They've got to be able to chat and whether the option is to co-parent together or whether I end up being a single parent or whether we try the relationship again or multiple other choices in between that. Mm-hmm. We've still got to be able to talk about that like like adults and to have a conversation. We cannot run away from this because if nothing changes in nine months, a baby will arrive. Probably less than that. She just found out to pregnant. It's, I mean, it's true. But I, I think it's really important for the person with the uterus here to decide where they stand because they can probably make a decision on whether they want to co-parent with this person in the first place without even having a conversation with this person. I'll also say the person who's fathering this, well, it depends on where in the world you are in terms of like legal responsibilities. But yes. if this person decides to not be part of this pregnancy and not be involved, not be involved if... Um, the person who's pregnant decides to uh, terminate or not, whatever that might be, is the the father may not be involved. They may Mm. remain unreachable. Um, And so I agree with you, in an ideal world, the partner will eventually come back to the table and say, okay, yeah, we do have to talk about this, but sometimes they don't. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But I think, you know, you have got the right to be supported in this, you know, regardless of legal rights or mm-hmm. anything else. I think you've got the right as a person to be supported in something that is a really tough yeah. position. I think that would be the, the, the logical and the most sort of morally, you know, ethically sound thing. I'm a head person, right? <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is where it goes. <laughs> True, but I see actually a lot of people from my clinical practice mm. experience where I see a lot of women who are pregnant who are abandoned by the, the person who got them yeah. pregnant and yeah. and but still that doesn't take away from their ability to reach out to their network whether it's a parent whether it's friends absolutely right yeah leaning yeah, into yeah. the social net so, social net yeah. uh social yeah. system net so but but just that your decision can be made like if your ex is not at all coming to the table 
I encourage folks to really quickly ascertain what do I need to know? How do I step into my power? I, yeah. It's funny. I really retreat to the individual here. Yeah, I'm not saying that she's not able to make her own decisions. She really is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying if you can, in any relationship, if you can um, come together to make decisions mm-hmm. that are going to impact both of you, then it's always going to be more beneficial. Mm-hmm. Totally agree that if that's not an option, you do have to quickly kind of, you know, get to the nub of how you're feeling about it and um, and start to make some decisions. Yeah, and the reality of going solo. And prepare. Yeah. yeah, prepare whichever way it goes. Right. So, so I'm at, okay, so, well, let's say, I mean, you're right. Ideal case scenario, you reach out to your ex, you continue to reach out to invite them for a conversation. How yeah. might you get your best chance of having this scared person, right? So this boy, this ex is running around terrified. Yeah. So I think we lead with empathy and compassion and understanding. So we lead from the point of, I know this feels really scary and this is terrifying Mm. and this wasn't kind of what any of us planned. Um, I mean, we don't know what it might have been, but anyway, but we lead with that around kind of, look, I get it. Um, But ideally, I'd like to make some choices with you. Mm. Um, If that's not something you feel like you're able to do, I will be making some choices Mm. because I I need to be adult about this. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. Sarah, <laughs> flexing the communication. I love that. That is assertive. It's affectionate. Well, it's not. This, it's unfortunately, kind. this is kind of a time-bound situation, right? Like, the baby will grow. Um, that is going to happen. 100%. That's human nature. That's how babies um, actually come into the world. Yeah. So there is, you know, there's a time-bound situation here. We can't, this isn't something we can put off indefinitely and kick the can down the road. So I think that's why there needs to be... two weeks max. Yeah, so that's why there does need to be a little bit of urgency around that. Yeah. And that's cool. So I definitely say that you you deserve to reach out to that ex with with a, you need, we need to chat. Yeah. If we're going to chat, which I hope we do, I'd like to invite you into the decision-making ring. We got to talk immediately. Yeah totally yeah and you also feel better i think once you've made some decisions some choices you start to take action mm-hmm. as human beings we feel a lot better we're quite action oriented we kind of feel better when we're when we've got some momentum some movement we're not very good at staying in that kind of space of uncertainty where we don't know what's happening and we kind of feel out of control mm-hmm. when we start to take some steps we, we begin to get control of the situation and we'll feel so much better about it for both sides, both the acts yeah. as well as the person calling in. Yeah. And I, I think too, so I'm pretty sure that with the breakup, I don't think this person would be writing into us if they were not really conflicted about their relationship with their ex. If it was very clear, they're like, this is over. They wouldn't be writing because they would either not inform their ex and just go on with their lives or whatnot. Mm. So there's obviously conflict. Yeah. But the way that the ex shows up to your conversations is going to be a great litmus test as to if you had any doubts about breaking up, maybe you should be back together again. The way that your ex steps up to these conversations is going to show you who they really are. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So if they continue to shy away and they take the easy road and they don't step up and they're not, you know, sort of taking a powerful choice, if they're taking the easy route or if they're, Mm. you know, then that's how they're going to show up as a parent for the rest of your kid's life and do you want to co-parent with that person if they're being a dick now they're always going to be a dick so you know well tell me somebody else that kicks them into shape <laughs> yes and it's okay if that wasn't allowed to be you <laughs> that's okay <laughs> that's all right 
You know, we all learn our lessons at different times. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the way that your ex shows up to these conversations is going to be the way that they'll show up for you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. At least in the short term. Maybe not in 10 years if they were like mature and that sort of thing. But like, you know, if you're a 23 year old and your ex is like, hey, I'm pregnant, like you're probably going to show up a lot differently than if you were 43. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. All right. All righty. Heavy stuff this week. Yeah. It's the reality. Heavy stuff and revelations. It's revelations. <laughs> it's like the daytime reality TV shows where it's like, you did what? With who? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no way. No way. All right. Well, getting us into the holiday, you know, into that. It, was it you who told me about the um, the trading windows? Well, yeah, yes. the trading window is shut. No yeah. trades going on over the holidays. Everyone's staying put, but hopefully... As you're listening to this late at night, you're getting some food for thought for the stuff that's coming around after the new year. Yeah, mm-hmm. indeed. Yeah. Alrighty. Well. Well, tell your postman to get some damn pants on. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell the postman to get some pants on. <laughs> I also need to tell my man as well. He's obsessed about wearing shorts right now. Oh. Very strange. Tell them all to put the damn pants thing. on. It's a, man, it's a thing. man thing. I know. For they, sure, love, yeah. they love their shorts. Yeah. I don't see women running around in their uh, shorts and bikinis nope. in the freezing wind. Yeah. <laughs> it's time, gentlemen. Pants on. Shorts off. <laughs> uh, righty. Well, till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.